Guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Uh, end of August uh, 2022, the summer is over. People are coming back to Dubai from the summer holidays. There's a back to school feeling about it. There's also a business sense of entering into uh, the final month of Q3 and into Q4 in a very positive year for the UAE economy. Uh, many businesses are doing well, the GDP is growing, um, and there's lots of reasons to be excited about. Loads of events coming up, loads of things happening in the city in the next few months, and of course a World Cup in the region. But uh, one such company who's doing really well and really optimistic at the moment is our guest today. They're a holding group of services and salons and their very well experienced CEO, Vincenzo, uh, talks us through the background story, uh, talks us through the different products, the different services. Uh, you will know the brands if you've been in Dubai for any number of years, um, and uh, we really get a good overview to how this business is structured and how this business is run. So enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Another leading business person figure in Dubai joins us this week. As usual, we are with Vincenzo Minore, if I have it right. Perfect. As the CEO of TGC Holdings, which includes brands like Sisters, Enbar, 1847, which I think is one of the first brands I, I, I used personally here 10 years ago. So uh, many brands that people will know of where it's a holding company comprising of beauty, wellness and grooming companies under its belt, all of which have taken the initiative to reduce waste in their everyday business practices. So we'll hear about that. We'll hear about the origins and uh, the beauty industry in general. Good morning, Vincenzo. Hi, good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming in. So yeah, so it, tell us a little bit about the company and what you do. Yeah, in fact, uh, when you say the grooming company holding, like it's a holding that uh, holds different brands in, in Dubai. So as you said, uh, we have uh, Sisters Beauty Lounge, that is a brand uh, for women only is at 360 degrees pampering. It means that uh, a woman that goes in a sister, she will find all services from hair to face to body to nails. So she will find all the services under the same roof. And this was kind of a concept uh, created uh, more than 10 years ago. And it was uh, created because uh, women get more and more busy and uh, to move from a place to another to have all their, their beauty services is uh, with the traffic and everything and picking up the, the kids from school. So it was making sense to have this kind of concept where you sit in a chair and you can have a money pedi and somebody making uh, your hair at the same time. So this is kind of Sister Beauty Lounge. We have like six stores in um, in Dubai. We have refreshed the brands uh, two years ago in launching in MOE and now in City Walk also. Amazing. So we are in in, in department store, but also in uh, in uh, location that are not department stores. When was the first one, and where was the it? The first one it was uh, the Village Mall. 
Mm. It was, we still have this location, mm. but uh, the two biggest location is uh, in Dubai Mall and uh, in uh, Mall of Emirates. Mm. And then now the latest addition is CityWalk. It also because uh, after COVID, people not everybody was like confident to go in a in a in a big mall. Now people are coming back, of course, but uh, it's more kind of a community. And then we have another two sisters in Abu Dhabi, one in San Regis Hotel, and one in uh, area in Al Batin. That is like okay. uh, also some good locations. Nice. So yeah. we have eight in total in uh, in the UAE. Then eighty forty seven for men is like a, it's the same concept if you want to see beauty lounge, but for men's where men have their all the services like uh, shaving and, and hair. Then we call them the studios. You can have your money paid in. Yeah. And it's incredible. I, I came from uh, from London uh, four years ago in Dubai, and 50% of the business for men is money paid in. Yeah. But it also makes sense, like, because... Um, uh, when you're local, you, what you really see is your beard, your face, your hands. Yeah. And when you wear sandals, you see your pity. So it's a, it's a big business yeah. <laughs> related yeah. locally. But we see also a lot of like expats taking advantage of services like that. Yeah. Personally, I, I, I will never go back to yeah. do my feet myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like where you sit in a chair, you can have money and pity and somebody may, maybe will have like a shoulder massage or a mini facial, and then you have all the services like uh, face and body and massages. So it's like a, the same concept, you go in. And good barbers as well. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, we have two stores now in Abu Dhabi, and we have um, 10 in, uh, in in Dubai and growing. Mm. And uh, we also started franchising, 1847. We have like two uh, locations in Qatar. Ah, interesting. And we are looking for more uh, countries. So if you want... Globally, we will speak later on, but one of our strategies is like uh, still grow in, in the region and in, in Dubai, but also export this uh, knowledge and uh, experience mm. abroad. Because mm. a, a, a concept like 8047, you hardly find it elsewhere. Mm. Mm. So that's interesting. So uh, the agreement company, when was it originally established? So the agreement company holding is like a company... It's quite new. It's like um, five, five, six years ago. Yeah. And what they did, it's a private equity yeah. based in Dubai. And they bought uh, this kind of different brands in beauty services. So right. they bought uh, Sisters. Then they bought half of TGC. That is a, um, a company that has 8047 for men. And Bar. And Bar is a concept for nails uh, for women only. We have 15 stores in Dubai. Yeah. And now growing, uh, looking to grow in Abu Dhabi. It's an original brand from this region as well. Exactly. Okay. Also founded in this region. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. 8047 and Bar and Jet Set uh, was founded by Negin. That is like uh, the founder of this concept. Yeah. And she, she created this concept in Dubai. What's Jet Set? Jet Set is a brand that we have, uh, it's a hair brand. Okay. It's a hair salon. We have uh, one store in uh, Grona House and one in Emirates Towers. Okay. And uh, is a store where we have uh, men stylists working on uh, on women because the license allow us this kind of uh, yeah this kind of service because we are in hot there is license uh, linked to the hotel brilliant sisters is uh, all women for women and also the story was like founded by women but some sisters mm. and that the creative sisters as uh, 
founded by by women for women right mm. and today our kind of uh, slogan is uh, <laughs> created by sisters for sisters mm-hmm. <laughs> nice there you so go. This, the idea behind this is to create a community and people that they uh, they gather with the same values yeah so so fascinating so these brands some of them were were already set up the group comes together puts yeah. it all together exactly needs someone to run it yeah exactly picks you out of london how yeah, does it's that a happen? bit it's a bit it's a bit <laughs> more complicated so the group grows in, in dubai buys the gems of brands in, in, in Dubai because we all know that uh, this kind of brands are at the top on the market. Yeah. When they bought it, there was not so many locations, so we, we grew the location in, in Dubai and then started to look also abroad. So mm. what they bought, they bought uh, another free kind of brands in, uh, in, uh, in the UK. Mm. One is called uh, Trevor Sorby, is the hairdresser of the Queen still yeah. today. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. They have, uh, we have six locations in the UK. And uh, we then took one of these locations and we exported a location in Dubai. So in Dubai Mall, you have also a Trevor Sorby mm. uh, salon, ah. all run with uh, British uh, stylists that they are vetted and they use the Trevor Sorby um, way of doing. Mm. And they're in Dubai. So we have six in the UK and one in Dubai. Then we have uh, strip strip hair removal hair expert. So mm. it's kind of a it's kind of boutique hair removal. It's like about uh, um, waxing and laser to mm. remove uh, your body hair. Yeah. And then we have another brand that is called Murdoch London. Is a uh, more or less is like free barber shops in uh, Covent Garden, Soho, and Shoreditch. Shoreditch, I but remember. it's more yeah. a, a brand of products. So we are. Uh, uh, selling Murdoch London in the US, in Nordstrom, in uh, Marcus Neiman. We are, we are expanding the brand internationally. That's so amazing. that's why when, um, they look for somebody to run all this one and, uh, I'm a veteran of beauty. I've been in beauty many, many, many years, uh, working for corporation, working for startups. And, um, I was contacted for this role and, uh, um, just in January 2018, I was here with my son on holiday and, uh, and I put Dubai on my plan because I was fascinated about uh, the speed, uh, the vision, uh, what you can get out of a desert. It was, I, I'm very always kind of fascinated about, I'm curious about something new, innovation, tech, and, and I think uh, Dubai is spot on on all these <laughs> values that I, I, I'm striving and, and I look for. Yeah. So it must have been a really compelling proposition to run. You know, what you described there is quite an impressive collection of brands with, yeah. you know, catering towards different kind of modern needs, different markets, yeah. born out of the region with ambitions. And then also that, you know, you know, working in the city as well. So what, uh, where were you before? How did you get into, you mentioned you're into beauty. <laughs> to what degree? Did you study it? Yeah. It's like first for my family, like uh, my, my, my grandfather was a barber from Italy. Amazing. That moves to Switzerland. And he married my grandmother that was also a hairdresser. Okay, no way. <laughs> Did they meet in a, in a salon? <laughs> I don't know really the story, but I yeah. knew, I know that they had a, they have a, a salon together. Amazing. And then uh, my grandfather was more kind of a commercial guy. So he left, uh, the, the job of, uh, of barbering and he started to sell products. And he was like a distributor for L'Oreal in Switzerland. 
for half of Switzerland. And my grandmother started to open a perfumery and she finished to have four different perfumeries. So they moved from a hard craft work to be like more uh, working in a, in, a, in a commercial field. Mm. And thereafter, my father and my mother was also in the same field. So I grew up uh, in the evening hearing people <laughs> speaking mm. about <laughs> the industry. Yeah. So it was ingrained in me. So when I started marketing and uh, I started to do some working experience, I started to to do working experience in, in beauty because it was the kind of obvious link because mm. the connection of the family were there. And then I started to work for L'Oreal um, many years ago. So I worked 18 years at L'Oreal. Amazing. And uh, what was great at L'Oreal is that you move from country to country. You have opportunity to to build your career in, in, in moving country, but also changing jobs. So I worked for L'Oreal. Uh, in Italy, in the UK, in Nostra, in Slovenia. Uh, I, I moved around quite a lot. What kind of jobs did you do? I did everything. So when you, at, at the time at L'Oreal, when you started, you needed to put your hand into, uh, into the real work. So I did six months of, at the time, perming was something <laughs> that <laughs> was in vogue. <laughs> so uh, I learned how to color hair and how to do a perm, how to wash hair. So you do the, the basics, right? And ah. then I went out to sell for one year as a sales reps, although my background was marketing. And then uh, I started in marketing and then I move on and then I became uh, um, GM for L'Oreal in, in many countries. And after being general manager in many countries, then I decided to leave uh, L'Oreal and I moved to Estee Lauder. Mm. That is another more kind of another group in luxury when I worked on a brand called Aveda for, for many years, for seven years. Mm. I did Italy, I did the UK, and then I moved to Hong Kong and I did the whole region uh, of Asia Pacific. That okay. was also super interesting because I was living in Hong Kong, but every, every week I was moving around, uh, I don't know, Japan, Korea, China, Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand, uh, wow. Australia. So it was a never-ending trip. Yeah, <laughs> I did seven times the, the world tour <laughs> during these three years. Uh, are you one of these people who, the, as their career advances, sort of doesn't want to do as much travel, or do you still have the lust for new markets and things like that with business? I think it's, um, it's inevitable when you are very successful in one country that mm. the next step and then is go abroad. It's a bit what we do now at, yeah. um, at the grooming company holding. The brands that... Uh, are doing very well and uh, we, we trial like uh, N-Bar I told you before we have 15 stores here in Dubai now we are starting to look into Abu Dhabi because we don't have any in Abu Dhabi okay but we have already started franchising so we have uh, soon free stores in Qatar for N-Bar yeah we have already two in the UK we opened the first uh, flagship in uh, in Canada in Vancouver we open already the second one in Saudi is going to open in a few weeks so Busy. it's when you're very strong in one place and you, you come to saturation, then next, the next step is like mm. where you can expand, where you can develop yourself. Mm. And uh, the way of doing nails in Dubai is very professional, very thorough, very neat. Uh, we have SOPs and, and techniques that are, are very advanced. Mm. And uh, we noticed that uh, when you go in the UK market, 
we have really some competitive advantages. Mm -hmm. So why not start to expand this uh, way of doing this of Dubai mm -hmm. abroad and bring du a bit of, of Dubai, of the dream to Dubai also mm -hmm. in, in other countries. Interesting, um, fascinating, so much experience, so many questions about those different countries, but just a little bit on the, the type of business that it is, you know, from the outside, from the consumer side, you know, they like me would go into 1847, have a good experience and think that not necessarily need to know how the business works, but how do you describe how the business works? What would you relate it to? Is it like a restaurant? Is it the service industry? Do you, do you need? Yeah. It's definitely a service industry. Okay. So you, what, what do you need for two things? The first one in our places is not really only a functional service I'll give you an example what i mean by functional if you have to do your nails functional will means i cut them i file them and uh, they are ready to go right mm. when you go in 8047 this you you will find the functionality so you will find a perfect work mm. but you will also found the ambience and the experience, experience so yeah. you will sit in a chair in a studio that is super comfortable where you put your iPhone or your Samsung or whatever. I don't want to do advertising on, this <laughs> yeah. on the chair and you can charge your phone in front of you. You have a TV where you can choose uh, any film to or give you comfortable headphones. On, on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> you have your headphones that you can uh, either listen to music or, or look at other television, right? Mm. You receive your uh, coffee or tea or, or, or whatever you want. When you have your feet done, uh, they ask you if they want to polish your shoes. Mm. Somebody is going to offer you, if you want, uh, a massage. So the massage at, at the same time, uh, you they will put you if if you want a uh, kind of a, a shoulder neck uh, heated. heated. Yeah. So it's not just the functionality of cutting your your nails. Mm. You will get all the experience around that makes it uh, a fantastic experience also to, to chill out for a moment, right? Yeah. Uh, Take a normally, breather. personally, I, I go, <laughs> I go at the end of the week, I feel a bit exhausted. Mm. It's my like one and a half hour of, of like pampering. Mm. So I go out and I have my fresh haircuts, my fresh shaved and my, uh, my nails done. Mm. But I also feel relaxed because I, it was like a moment that I was not on the phone. I was not, I mean, you have to, decide not to go on the phone yeah. <laughs> but it's a moment you wanted <laughs> in the yeah. moment that you want just to, to chill out and yeah. so on so this definitely it's, it's a different experience but coming back to your question it is uh, a service right so what we try to do we try we do a lot of effort on training mm -hmm. we we call it sop so it's like service protocols mm -hmm. so when you go like to have a signature uh, muscle melt massage on 8047, you will find the same experience in every shop, yeah. right? You will find some adaptation because maybe one day you have more pain on the top uh, of your of your neck or your shoulder. Mm. So there will be some adaptation, but the experience you will find is the same. And to arrive to this level of uh, a sophistication of services, you need that not, you need first of all a protocol. So mm. everybody has like to follow it. And we enhance our protocol all the time. Like last year, we kind of enhanced um, our 1847 uh, uh, shaving signature 
inputting like more services inside. Interesting. Of, we do the mini facial when you have a shaving and stuff like that. So we enhance our services all the time. But at the end, you are relying on a therapist, right? If uh, I, tomorrow uh, I wake up in a bad mood, <laughs> it will have a reflection of my work and on my customer, right? And do so they at have, the end, do they have freedom to sort of, you know, do they really have to follow uh, the service of a protocol and everything? Uh, and can they be a little bit creative as well? Ideally, it depends on what it is, right? Yeah. If, if you cut hair, of course, you have to be creative, right? Mm. For a shave, there is a protocol where you go through different steps and everybody is not the same. Yeah. As I told you, as a massage, like the entry of the massage, the end of the massage, some of uh, phases of the massage is like uh, standardized. Mm. But of course, everybody has different needs. So mm. you will need to, to bring some personalization. Yeah, definitely. Doing nails, it's, uh, it's quite a processed, uh, it's yeah. quite a processed, um, yeah. I mean, they will ask you, do you want them shiny or not shiny? Do you want uh, to have the end of hand massage with like oil of, of cream? Mm. So this is the, the level of personalization, but it's, it's part of the protocol. And from a recruitment point of view, where do you bring the talent from and what sort of talent do you look for? I mean, after COVID, I think every industry now is kind of uh, into the same issue right yeah. finding catching up yeah catching up <laughs> and finding good uh, good stuff right we mm. see this because we are international we see this one really in dubai we see that in 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 the uk is even worse because they they decided to go a different path so it's even <laughs> more mm. difficult to get uh, mm. uh, people but uh, you have a bit like um specialty so i noticed that we have more than 900 people in our group right mm. working mm. Uh, across like uh, 60 um if you can't our own store plus franchises like 60 location yeah. yeah so we noticed that um when we recruit like in nails, we recruit a lot from the Philippines mm. because they're very, 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 very good in, yeah. in doing nails. Talent, persistent, very, very friendly, very polite. And uh, very talented. Yeah, and, and have that attention to detail as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. In, uh, in massages, we have, uh, I, I don't want to be kind of generic, generic, yeah. generic but I noticed you that uh, we have a lot of good... Um, uh, therapists coming from Thailand mm. because they have already the skills the in this country, the, culture, the yeah. heritage. Um, in barbering, you have kind of two groups. Sometimes we have like more kind of European mm. and sometimes more kind of um, Le Middle Eastern, like Levant, Syria, Turkish, Le Levant, yeah. and yeah. Turkey, yes. That's mm. uh, gathered also to different styles, right? Mm. Um, it's quite funny because like you, you think it's a, it's a shave is a shave, but uh, a consumer that Middle Eastern is looking for something more that is different than yeah. somebody is coming from London, for instance. Yeah, interesting. So there are different styles, and uh, it doesn't depend of your nationality as a as a um, as a stylist, but you need to know how to mm. personalize and how to gather to different. Mm. Um, customer needs. Interesting. And some, especially Murdoch, but some of your other stores as well have their own products. Yeah. Um, you know, roughly what's the sort of revenue split between service and products? Uh, you mentioned it was a service business. So I'm assuming. So in the, in the industry, normally, uh, the kind of retail of, um, in, in salons salon, yeah. is the average. 
I see it uh, across the world is around five, six percent for products for products. So yeah, in, in average around the world, we are more than double of that. Okay. But it depends also the location of your salons. Yeah. It depends of the education and how skilled are your, your team in, not in selling, but in advising. I, I don't really think it's kind of, it's a sales. It's normally, it's especially for men, but also for women. You, you have an issue, you want to solve it, or you have a style and you want to perpetuate this style at home. So you ask, oh, how, it's great, but how I'm going to do it tomorrow? So mm-hmm. it's part of the, of the profession to explain, okay, tomorrow when you wash your hair, do this like this. Giving, I think it's very important for a professional giving tips to consumer so that can perpetuate the result of the salon. Mm. And uh, sometimes you need the right set of products, mm. right? If uh, you have very thin hair and you use a very heavy uh, shampoo, uh, your hair will not have any volume and it will uh, mm. <laughs> go, go down, right? So mm. using the right products at the right moment for the right result, I think is an advice mm. that um, um, stylists have to give or therapists have to give. And at the end, you, you buy it because you, you see a need. It's not because you're just mm. somebody selling you something. And with that, is that you know products that you stock, but also your own products? It's so we, it's a mix. It's a mix between three things. One is product that we buy in the market, like in Dubai here. The second thing, we have also a distribution company where we pick uh, some nice niche um, brands are around the world and mm. we import them in Dubai. We launch them in our salons, but we also serve our competitors or, uh, or the, or malls, um, in, in the region. Mm. And then some of the brand is our brands, like mm. Murdoch London. Uh, we own the brand uh, as a group. Yeah. In London, we are also the distributor of the brand. We also selling in 8047, but also in, in Harvey Nichols, in other, in other stores. Yeah. So that the distribution handles that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is quite interesting because you can you can fulfill different needs and you're still in control of the marketing what you do, right? Mm. And you can you if you want one bucket is helping the other bucket, and mm. all in all, you you kind of offer uh, an experience that nobody else has. Mm. Interesting. And kind of talking a little bit about the industry, you know if. Uh, what's the sort of average margin, profit margin in a salon? Is it 5%? Is it 20%? Like globally, what would be the sort of margins? It, re- it really depends of, of, uh, of the markets, right? Yeah. You have some markets where um, rents are very high. Mm. You have markets where um, staff costs are very high. Now, like in the UK, you have all this kind of... Uh, issues with energy and so on and so on so all the costs globally costs are skyrocketing yeah um if you want to if you want to go like uh an average that i see across uh, many regions uh, between asia between europe between here i also work like uh, six months in the us I, I will take a uh, like a big number, a number that is like a big average is, mm. is around 10%. Okay. Interesting. Good benchmark. Um, yeah, it's just interesting to compare because when I look at the service industry and marketing services or that type of services, you could look at between 15 and 25%. But then when you look at coffee shops, 
um, an average margin is three to five percent. So it's kind of somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, but you know, leading on from that, then uh, competition is rife. There's lots of uh, salons everywhere. Yeah. Um, so what what what's your view? First of all, to make it simple, what's your view of the of the Dubai market? Is it competitive? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Dubai market is is very. But sorry, before I go on this okay. one, just an interesting yeah. fact. So when you want to scale one of our businesses, scaling means making more footfall, making f- more footfall means making more services, making more services making is more power. Mm. So when you have like discussion like uh, on rent, for instance, if I have, if I sell clothes, I have two people serving clothes. If I sell 50, 100 clothes, more or less, I will need two people. Mm. In our industry, if you double the services, you need to double the manpower because okay. no nails, somebody has to do them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's a different kind of it's different business. Yeah. It's a different business where yeah. it's very much attached also to the first question that you said, how mm. you say yes is services. You mm. you need to serve. And a coffee shop, it depends, right? If you serve to the to the tables, you will have you are into the kind kind of setting. But if you just serve coffee from the bar, you can double your your bar. Maybe you can use the same barista. <laughs> so coming back to the competition in Dubai, yes, there is a lot of competition. I think um, I think L'Oreal told me that they, there is like three thousand five hundred salons or something mm. like that. But what you see is like a concentration. So you see, we are a group. Mm. As us, there must there are another three or four groups, mm. right? That they have uh, similar holding structure with big with yes. multiple the, franchises, multiple yes. stores. Maybe yeah. we are the only one that has so many brands. Yeah. Maybe other groups they have like two brands in average. Yeah. So you see the concentration of groups like us, and then you have a few uh, kind of salons that are very known because of expat or very known because there is a Lebanese hairdresser. Star kind of uh, it's kind of a star salon or a well-known name, yeah. Well name about uh, a fantastic location, maybe mm. in Burj Al Arab. So you have these kinds, mm. and then there is a lot, a lot, a lot of like smaller salons, independence, um, less structure, if you want. Nice. But um, w- one of the point of difference that has always been in our brands since inception, uh, even before we bought them it was hygiene. Mm. So when you go in every of our stores, all material has been used, either is like disposable or is um, sanitized mm. at the hospital level. So every kind of scissors is sanitized. Mm. When they open, they open the back in front of you. Mm. Every comb is sanitized. Mm. Everything, the level of hygiene that we have uh, even before COVID, yeah. It's even just, before COVID, yeah. You know, like uh, it was when we started COVID, we have municipality calling us and uh, looking what we do because we have always been highly kind of visible, highly and, visible, yeah. and yeah. highly like focused on that. Yeah. And there is no uh, cutting corners on that. Yeah, because uh, it, it, it is your point of difference. It's one of the point of difference. Yeah. exactly. And it was already before 
right? You've always been there. Mm. So that's why I think when you go uh, to have services uh, in a brand that is known, that has a reputation, that uh, stand for something in the, in the, in the market. And uh, now I think uh, we will discuss it later on. Also, our green, green initiative is kind of the important part yeah. of the value we have. You, you choose, um, you choose also the security to have a service in a safe place. You choose also to have, uh, as I said, a high level hygiene. You also choose to go in a salon that's has to hold a reputation, meaning that they invest in, in, in education that makes sure that the quality that is uh, delivered is high. You always have like one of you person complaining. That's normal. Mm. And it, it happens, right? Nobody is perfect. But we strive to, to perfection. And one of the competitor type is uh, maybe, uh, you correct me if it's in the same brackets, but uh, uh, brands like yours that are chains in other markets that decide to enter here, uh, do you see them as sort of... Not really. I think... It's hard to market entry. <coughs> I, don't, I don't think um, <clears throat> really brands coming from abroad now. It's more brands that are born here. And you know... In the past, many copied each other, right? Mm. <laughs> so they, they all look a bit or they more have a bit the same kind of direction. Yeah. But it's good because at the end, uh, consumer that is, that they choose this kind of brand, they, they know what they buy for, right? Yeah. And, um, they, as I said, they don't buy only a functionality, but they buy also an experience or they buy security or they buy some values of a company has. And if you saw, you know, an independence that sort of aligned with your values, would that be something that you guys would look to acquire as well and put it under it's, the group? Uh, we are always open uh, to, to see uh, what, where the market is going, if there is opportunities. Um, as at the end, the holding is a, is a, is a financial kind of, yeah, it's a private equity, right? If opportunity arises, we are always, uh, sometimes people reach out to us and we look at it and is it interesting or less interesting mm. or, yes. And what I, I want to ask again about private equity and we'll touch on that, but what about the uh, sort of, you know, services, post-COVID world, the makeup of the business, it's still about people, there are some products, but essentially it's not a very digital business. And you come from a, although you, your family background and you, you inherently understand the service industry around beauty, but you come from a sort of um, a company that was very much in product and marketing and not necessarily in services. How do you, uh, Lorenzo, marry that in the, in the role that you're doing at the moment versus how do you, um, how do you position your group uh, for the, the changing behaviors and the digital yeah, world. <laughs> but if you want, in the background, this is like what I explained to you until now is what a consumer sees. Right? Okay. In the background, we are very much data-driven company. So all our operation, they all work on the same ARP system, that is SAP. We all work with the same POS system. All the data we capture is there to take decision for us. So we work with data, 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 data a mm. lot. And then we put also our experience from the consumer journey. But is a marriage between data mm. and understanding the consumer, understanding the market in a qualitative way. Are they, are they stuff where you've licensed or is there anything proprietary? Uh, we have proprietary is our app. So yeah. 
we launched our app two years ago and we still are improving our app. Um, in the background is the same uh, property technology that we then decline on NBAR, 8047, Sisters, Trevor So when, as a consumer, you get the branding, but in the back scene is, uh, is the same, is the same technology. Yeah. And this also fulfills one of our goals of, for the green initiative is like to recycle and reduce paper. So we want to recycle 100% of the paper we use and produce less paper. Mm. And uh, getting digital is one of our, of our initiative. We have now, we are just testing. We are just creating an internal, um, digital kind of, uh, marketing group that is going to serve all our, our brands. Mm. And the idea is to ramp up uh, digital and uh, the digital proposition in, in the okay. future. So digital, one of our roadmaps. So digital very much in terms of, uh, especially scaling across markets, it's very much an yeah. infrastructure investment, yeah. both with software and proprietary, and then in marketing, so reaching consumers. Yes. So although the physical experience, there won't be robots doing one's nails, the sort of before and after touch points can be digital. Exactly. So if you look at our new stores, they hardly have a reception today. Mm. So we, we, we innovated in saying, okay, why do we, we want to have people that are like hostess. Mm. Like it's like the idea is like we arrive in a, on a Apple store mm. and you're received by some like a host. So this, this same idea. So we also tested some uh, self check-in. Mm. Or in the future, we are going to see different kind of what technology can help us to have a seamless experience. Yeah, um, that's nice. Yeah, the, the app is doing uh, is doing well um, in some brands. Now we have forty percent of booking via the app. But as I said, we can evolve it. We can on the app now today. You can also buy products. So one of the projects after COVID. We launch um, e-commerce direct to consumer. It's mm. called beautytribe.com. Mm. And the differentiation of uh, beautytribe.com versus the rest of uh, beauty marketplaces is that we deliver in three hours. Mm. And is that because we have all this knowledge of stylists, of therapists, we, we know what are the products that are selling well. We know the best products that are on the market. So we create the assortment of beautytribe.com via the expertise of our pro. So mm. the, the, the proposition is uh, beauty tribe is beauty by the pro, by the professional. Mm. And uh, it's something also that is like embedded in our website of all our brands is embedded in the app. So if somebody forgets to buy something after the salon visits, they can always uh, click mm. on the button and choose what they need and be delivered in three hours. Brilliant. Yeah, definitely what us consumers are these days. We just expect things that soon, don't we? <laughs> but we're spoiled. And it's interesting to see that you have progressed in the digital space. So can you tell us, you touched on it, but the sustainability initiative as well as being digital, yeah. um, is that aligned with, uh, you know, country targets on carbon emissions or is that... Exactly. So the, more, more or less there are two things. One is like I'm quite passionate about these subjects because of my previous life. I was working on a brand that was really much uh, um, playing in the sustainability area. Mm. So it was like my daily DNA <laughs> was mm. sustainability. And the second thing, uh, when I arrived uh, end of 2018, I saw what was the proposition of the country, uh, what was like the roadmap of the country. 
and uh, I started to look, okay, in our business, like, like we calculated when you use, when you do shampoos, like in the backwash, you use uh, plastic, right? Mm. Not what we sell, but what we use. Only what we use is 2.5 ton of plastic mm. of what we use. So you cannot change everything one day or the other one. And by the way, in this field, nothing is perfect. So you could say, okay, we do this one, but then this one maybe has another impact. So this is a field that nothing is perfect, right? Mm. But it's not a reason why you should not start having an impact, right? Every small step helps, right? So we decided this year to um, recycle all the plastic, all the glass, and everything we use in our salons. So we want to recycle the 2.5 uh, tons of plastics ah. across. This is what consumers don't see, but this will be is what we do uh, across all our salons in, in Dubai. And this also reflects what is like uh, the vision of, of Dubai, like to reduce, reuse, right? Mm. This goes in this direction. The other thing is like, um, we change all, it's a stupid thing. We change all your, our coffee machines. Before we were using coffee machine with um, this- uh, The plastic The capsules. plastic pods. Yeah. So we were using, we were kind of throwing away 130 kilos mm. of plastic of pods. And this was quite an easy one, right? We replaced all the machine with a new machine with just uh, the beans. beans. Yeah. It's, um, it's a better experience for the consumer. It smells coffee and um less pollution less plastic. It's less pollution <laughs> and by the way the coffee is also better so yeah, yeah. everybody wins in yeah. this story so we have three buckets the buckets of plastic and 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 recycling mm -hmm. we have the bucket of uh, be more digital and reduce uh, paper mm. and then we have another big one that is very relevant for this region and it is about water wastage so a salon in a year use 60,000 liters of, 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 of water, right? Also, us, in our life, if you take a bath, you use 240 liters. Mm. If you take a shower of 10 minutes, you use 120 liters. Mm. So if you can do your shower in five minutes, you will use 60 liters. Mm. And if you will buy a device to do the shower, so what we use in, our, in all our showers in the group is a, techno and a Swiss technology, it's mm. called Joza. Mm. and reduce water consumption by 65%. Mm. So you can really, with baby steps, have an impact on the, I mean, everybody will say, okay, what do you mean saving, I don't know, 80 liters of water? I mean, 80 liters of water a day mm. across a population of 9 million is a lot of water, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And especially when you think that the water we need also to burn petrol to get this, to get it that we can shower and so on and so on is a huge impact, right? Yeah. So what we started to do is changing all <clears throat> the shower heads and also in the basins where we uh, clean, uh, we shampoo the, the, the hair, also that we have changed this, uh, mm. we reduce the water consumption by 65%. It's good to have a CEO that has a passion about sustainability and you seem to have a really good grasp, like just those three bucket areas. Uh, I want to ask about the future. Uh, we're kind of running out of time, but a nice segue into that is, uh, you know, it, are the initiatives that you're doing in, in the green initiatives and sustainability, do they help the business? And bearing in mind that you are owned by private equity, which usually, I'm not generalizing, I don't know, uh, but usually the, the focus is on profits. So how do you kind of get 
how do you sell that in? How do you sell green initiative in? Yeah, but this is like a, a preconcept. Everybody thinks that doing green costs more. Yeah. In reality, I, this example that they gave the you, coffee, right? Yeah. About uh, the shower heads at your yeah. home. Yeah. You will invest 400 dirhams to a shower head. You will save 65% of water in 18 months. You're making money. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're not making money, but you, you, your investment is paid, right? Fair. But they, so I, many yeah. times, many of these initiatives at the end, they have an impact on, on the, um, if you want, on sustainability, but they have also a financial impact because wasting less, it means also wasting less money. True. But the key word you used was invest. Yes. And if you focus on profits, it's yes. hard to invest always. Yeah. But you always need to look at the medium and long term, right? Okay. If, if everything is done a short term, you will uh, do the wrong decision anyway. And what is the you need? Do you need kind of a vision to see, okay, where you want to land? Where do they want to land? We want to land in expanding more in the UAE. So like I told you, like Abu Dhabi for us is kind of a virgin market. Yeah. Second thing, we want to expand our concept because we know that the concept worked very well here. We have started testing them around the world. So we want to internationalize. And I think it's a great... Um, opportunity also to bring a piece of Dubai out outside of Dubai to so, create more value for the business. Exactly. Okay. And uh, franchising is the way. So franchising, we started franchising 8047, as I told you, mm. and bar. The next brand is strip mm. uh, hair removal experts. So this is the, the, the next step. And then for, of course, it's like, uh, if there is new opportunity arising, if there are new brands, maybe that we want to add to the portfolio, this is also one of the steps we are always open and we're always looking at uh, opportunity for the future. Interesting. Lorenzo, you've been here four years. You've lived everywhere around the world <laughs> or visited many places. What's your view on the region as an, an emerging market? Are you bullish about the region and why? I'm, you know, when you look at, uh, what's going on in the world at the moment, right? Post-COVID and war and all this kind of thing. I think this region in the next year will do very well. When you see how many new people are reaching Dubai, when you see the region and the project and aspiration of the nation, how, how strong they are. When you see, I, I traveled quite a lot also at the moment, but uh, I, sometimes I write some country, I feel depressed how everything is slow and everything is like as it was yesterday. Mm. Here we are always looking how we can be tomorrow. True. So I, I think in this region, I find a bit uh, the same vibe and dynam dynamics that I found like five, six years ago in Asia, mm. where you, you would go to Seoul. And three months later, we'll go back to Seoul and you will see uh, a new building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel the same vibe this year. Yeah. And honestly, in my career, I, I don't know why, but I've always been in the, the right country at the right moment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I feel the same for Dubai. So I'm very positive for the future. And I'm in beauty and beauty also in the biggest crisis. I've always been resilient. I don't know if you know the lipstick index. The lipstick index is like, <laughs> it's a, a concept created by it, uh, Mr. Loader, that is yeah. like the owner of Mr. Loader. And I think it was 30 years ago. He noticed that when there is crisis, the sales of lipstick is still going up. Yeah. So you will have, 
in crisis, people need to cut, yeah. Mm. But beauty is maybe one of the more resilient kind of industry mm. because you always need to spend a little bit to feel better mm. and to feel um, pampered or to feel uh, better with yourself. Mm. And it's not a big investment, so it's it's a it's a good place to be. So, beauty industry, I'm positive. Dubai, I'm super positive, so I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Amazing. <laughs> Good note to finish on and very optimistic points as well. Thanks so much for being transparent today and sharing and we'll know a lot more about your franchise brands as well in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank Vincent. you for having me. I really enjoyed that. Uh, what a nice guy Vincenzo is. Besides that, uh, friendly Swiss approach is clearly a, a strong business acumen, balancing everything from technology services to business expansion. Uh, so it's really good to hear insights about that industry. And I learned a lot. I hope you did too. I'd like to thank Shahir, uh, our producer, for putting that together, uh, bringing the content, and then Ali for working on all the audio and all the video. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast, please do like, subscribe, and share on Apple, Spotify, Angami, Podio. If you're watching on video, you're probably watching on Smashy.tv. Uh, if you, you know, it's also on the website, it's on iOS and Android mobile apps, but also on many of the smart TV devices as well. We'll be back next week as always at 11 a.m. on Fridays and chat to you then.